You are listening to DNA Discoveries, Stories of Finding Family. I'm Edward Looney, and today I'm very excited to be having a conversation uh, with an individual who discovered that she was an NPE, but has found some family along the way and has connected with them. So I think this will be a great uh, interview, as many of the others have always been. And this is an individual who, again, sent me an email. And actually, in transparency, she sent this email in 2022. And we're just getting around to recording and releasing this interview now. So um, please uh, reach out to me through the DNA Discoveries podcast. You can find all that information in the show notes, uh, either through the Fireside FM Contact Us page, or you can uh, email DNA Discoveries podcast at gmail.com. And that, again, is in the show notes. Um, simply let me know a little bit of your story and uh, we'll go from there and schedule an interview. It's only because of people like Bridget who have emailed me that we're able to have these episodes and conversations. So thanks so much, Bridget, for joining me today. I'm happy to be here. Now, uh, tell me a little bit about your story. So uh, from the little email you sent me, basically you said, I was 60 years old and found out I was an NPE. So that means you went the majority of your life thinking someone else was your father. And then you discovered that really wasn't the case. But you probably, I'm guessing, still look to him as your father and whatnot. But what led you to take the ancestry test or the the 23andMe, whatever autosomal DNA test kit that you took, uh, what led you to want to discover more about your family heritage? Uh, well, my mother was big into genealogy, and she had done a, a multi-books uh, of the her side of the family, and she was working on my father's, um, and uh, my father had passed away in 2008, and then my mother passed away in 2013, and so she had collected a number of documents for my dad's Norwegian side and all that stuff. She really had not gotten to put anything together. And so it was 2017 um, was when I decided that I mentally could dig into that paperwork after the loss and all that kind of stuff that I was, I felt that I was ready to dig in and, and finish the uh, genealogy side for my dad's side of the family. And so in 2017, I took a 23andMe. Um, I took it basically for the health um in information, um, my dad had dementia, um, and my grandfather on my maternal side had um, Alzheimer's, and so I was kind of curious as to, you know, genetically where that was. Um, I took the 23andMe. My dad was 100% Norwegian. I came back zero Norwegian, and uh, I, I just, I, I didn't believe it. Um, I called 23andMe. I said, um, I think you got mine mixed up. Something happened here because, you know, this, this is not right. And, uh, oh, no, it's right. They didn't tell me, you know, hey, maybe your dad's not your dad or anything. They just said, no, it's correct. So I called my brother and laughingly and jokingly said, um, yeah. Dad's Norwegian wasn't quite as pure as he thought it was. And and my brother just laughed. I mean, this the NPE was the far I never even heard of it. It was the farthest thing from my mind. 
And, you know, and so we kind of joke, yeah, you know, those Vikings, they're raping and pillaging. They probably got over to Scotland and Ireland, and that's why you're showing up with some of that blood. You probably just got some of those um, older genes or something. And so I said, well, you know, I I would like for you to take a test um, because my brother is my dad's mini-me. I mean, they look identical. Um, And it went on and on and on and he never took the test and finally uh, at, at some point in in uh, 2020 um they were running a special on it and i ordered a test for my husband and i ordered a test for my brother and i shipped it out to him and then it took him a couple months to actually spit in the tube and send it back but then i get an email that says you know you have a new relative on 23 and me and I log in right away and I look at and there is my brother and it says he's a half brother and we're, we share 22% DNA. And it, it was like the earth opened up and dropped out from underneath my feet. It, I mean, I, I feel like physically I could feel my heart drop into my stomach. It, it was just, I, I can't explain it any other way than, than the, the earth fell out from underneath my feet, finding this out. Um, and what was your brother's I'll, reaction? So obviously you get this result. See, he gets the result as well. So uh, right. uh, I'm sure he had a very similar kind of gut-wrenching reaction, <laughs> shocking news type thing. He did. I, I, you know, I was more into it, you know, because I'm the one that forced him to spit in the tube and everything. So um, I think I looked at the information first and uh, uh, I called him and, and it was the same thing. It was like, what the heck? What is going on? This doesn't make any sense. And then it was like, well mom evidently had a secret and and our parents are both passed so we can't ask anybody about any of it um and so uh, me and the way i operate in in cases of i mean this was a disaster in cases of disasters i get what's done that needs to be done and i process it emotionally later um, so it was like, okay, I need to find out who I am. And, um, I started digging into, you know, first of all, I took an ancestry.com test and a heritage, <laughs> my heritage test. And of course, you know, I was thinking that they were going to come back differently and they didn't. Um, so then I started gathering, okay, this is a second cousin. This is a third cousin. And I put each name on a post-it note and my dining room table became a family tree to find out, okay, this is where we connect is that this, this great grandparents and this is where we connect and, and on to the point where I found who my grandparents were. Okay. These are my paternal grandparents. They had two boys. One of these boys is my father. So then I, um, at that point, I um, contacted uh, DNA Angels and I had an angel. And within two and a half hours, she came back to me and she said, yes, you are correct. Uh, one of those gentlemen uh, seems to be your father. I believe it's the one you were leaning towards um, here. And and you have uh, uh, three half brothers and an uncle who is still alive. My 
uh, bio father passed away when I was 13. Um, he was in the aviation field. So was my mother. So was my um, birth certificate father. They all worked for the same airline at the time of my conception. <laughs> and um, so at that point, it was like, yeah, that's definitely him. So then I did some Facebook stalking on the brothers that I've got, and I found that um, we had a mutual friend. And so I contacted this mutual friend and said, you know, okay, so, uh, you know, I did this DNA test. It's looking like these guys are my half-brothers. What can you tell me about them? And, and you know, the friend said, well, you know, their dad was, he's the one that informed me that the, the dad passed away in a plane crash and that, you know, he was into aviation and that was pretty much, you know, um, it. And, and they live like 40 minutes from me. So um, I kind of used him as, as a go-between um, to let them know that I wasn't a scam artist or anything like that. So I sent emails to the three brothers, and I sent a written letter to the uncle. He was 88 at the time. And I explained the situation. Um, I sent pictures of myself, pictures of my kids. Um, you know, kind of went through, I'm just looking for health information and to connect. And, you know, if you can... If you can provide me with a picture of my bio father, you know, tell me what kind of a dad he was, any of that kind of stuff. Um, that's that's all I really want. And it took probably three or four months that I got no answer. Um, meanwhile, one of the brothers, I you know, still kind of stalking him on Facebook. One of the brothers suffered a, a massive heart attack. He was, you know, the... He was doing the, uh, he was recovering at home and then uh, he suffered another heart attack and sadly passed away. So um, I sent them, you know, an email. I'm really sorry to, you know, to hear about this. Um, you know, um, if you want me to leave you alone, you know, please let me know. But, you know, if you're, if you're willing to, you know, speak at least once, um, to see, then I would certainly like to, uh, like to talk to you. And, um, I got a, a real quick one. Nope. We'd like to get to know you. Um, and then I heard nothing until probably June of that year. And it was, um, an email invitation to, um, the internment of, uh, Doug's ashes. And so I actually met them for the first time in a cemetery um, at a funeral. So um, that was uh, that was different. <laughs> um, when I pulled up and got out of the car, um, Uncle Don came up to me and said, "And you are?" And I said, "And you are?" <laughs> and he said. I believe I am your Uncle Don. So it's like he knew. He knew right away. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we, we started talking. And, and uh, it, it was odd because it felt comfortable to be with them, um, never having met them before or anything. I did notice that um, 
the one brother, he and I have crooked, crowded teeth, uh, the bottom teeth, and they're kind of crowded in the same teeth. They're overlapping. And then the other thing I noticed is we have identical noses. And when we had a picture taken of the the three of us together, all three of us pretty much have interchangeable noses, which I never looked like anybody growing up. Um, and had at one point um, questioned, you know, are you sure I'm not adopted? Because I sure don't look like anybody. And and it was, yeah, no, no. You know, you look like your great grandma such such from Norway. And it's kind of like, well, there's no pictures. There's no proof. Um, and so that's, the, you know, that's where we met. Um, later on that summer, I had the brothers over for a, uh, a barbecue. And they brought some... Uh, books, photo albums that um, our grandmother had put together with all sorts of uh, pictures and stuff of our father. Um, and as it turns out, because of the young age that that they were when he passed away, they, were, they don't remember a whole lot. The oldest one would have been 11, and then I think probably 8, and then like 5 or 6 was the youngest one. So they were mostly raised by their stepfather and um, they don't, you know, so they don't remember a whole lot uh, of when their, when their dad was alive. So the more, most information that I've been getting has been from um, my uncle. Um, but I did notice on the pictures that they sent that we have a photo of um, my bio father at age 15 and we put it next to a picture of my grandson at age 15, and you would not be able to tell who is who except for one of them's black and white and one of them's in color. They are identical. Um, and, you know, we so we got together. We um, talked about things, different, different quirks, you know, that we have as far as, you know, um, well, I like to do this and this and that, and yet, you know, and, and found out that we have, you know, we all like motorcycles and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, other than that, um, you know, um, and and the look and stuff that, you know, we definitely are, are related based on, based on our looks, um, there really wasn't a lot more that that we really had to had to talk about um my kids are all adults and they well two of them took it okay one of them i I think she was uh leery um to embrace this she had a she had a very close relationship with my mother and um uh, my parents were wonderful grandparents. They were probably better grandparents than they were parents, but I think that's the case with everybody. Um, it's so much easier to be a grandma and a grandpa than it is to be a mom and a dad. Mm. Um, and so, uh, but she is actually taking me to Scotland and Ireland next month so that I can do some digging and, uh, you know, she said, well, where do you want to go and this and that? And, of course, on my list is four cemeteries. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I want to go to these cemeteries. <laughs> and so we are planning to do that next month and investigate um, some of the heritage. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, it's there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about this 
in some way that it doesn't come up. Um, I'm past the anger stage. Um, you know, it was 1960. What, what do you do? You know, I'm sure, I'm sure my mother did what she thought was best. Um, I don't know whether she knew or not. I, I, she had to have had at least suspect that it was a possibility. Um, I don't know whether my birth certificate father knew or not. Um, I, I just, yeah, there are so many questions that will always be unanswered. Um, so I just, you know, it is what it is. Well, so, if, if your biological mother and birth certificate father were alive, the, the parents that raised you, what are some of those questions you would ask them today? Um, <laughs> well, I, I don't know, and this, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there that are just like, well, you know, the truth, you need to know the truth. I don't know if I would say anything to my birth certificate father, because if he didn't know, I don't think I would tell him. I, I really don't. I, um, we had a, we had a close relationship. I, you know, I was daddy's girl. Um, there were just two of us kids and, and, uh, yeah, but my mom, Boy, I'd have a lot of questions for her because my dad passed away five years before she did. You know, as far as I'm concerned, she had five years to come clean. And since she was the one that was so into genealogy and the family tree and all that, to me, it's like, well, now I look at these family trees and it's like, you, I look at them and wonder how many NPEs are in here. Are, are any of these really true? Can you really, in fact, trace your lineage back to 1500s? Um, because without DNA from those people back then, no, you can't. So, um, yeah, I've got I've got a different outlook on on that stuff. And uh, I, I was the one that collected all of the family heirlooms and everything. So now. You know, there was a point at which, um, oh, and my dining room was decorated, and I, I had a, a large tree vinyled on my wall, and on the top of the the wall near the ceiling, it says, we are who we are because of who they were, and on it, on all those branches, I had old pictures of, you know, great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents, that, you know, that kind of stuff going through on both sides. And then on the wall next to my door going out was a fan chart of family tree. And beneath that was a Norwegian trunk that has burned into the inside of the cover, 1732. It's been in the family since 1732. And so I'm going at all these things and it's like, you know, one of the first things I had to do was take that family tree down because it was like every time I walked past that room, it hit me again. Um, it's like, okay, so we're redecorating the dining room and getting rid of all that stuff. And then I went through and grabbed everything that was of Norwegian heritage and all the heirlooms and stuff and started piling them in the trunk. And, you know, they got to go to my brother. That's, that's not me. Um, none of the stuff belongs to me anymore. Um, and so there's, there's that, which I, you know, I think it was probably kind of therapeutic and, but it hurt at the same time. Um, but I'm not Norwegian. I, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I'm kind of in limbo right there, you know? 
Sure. Yeah, that's understandable. And yeah, I totally get the fact that you would have to redecorate because it's always that constant reminder of, well, my family lied to me all these years. And so, so of course, you take down that so that you don't have that constant reaction in your own life, not good for your mental health and whatnot. So uh, I'm curious. So you go and you meet uh, these half brothers of yours um, from your biological father. You meet them at a cemetery. They're burying their brother and your brother then as well. Uh, do you go out to eat afterwards? Is there like a social? Is that where you kind of do do the let's get to know each other? Because um, I guess it's kind of like a, a family reunion around a graveside that took place. Yes, yes, that, yes. We went, we went out to eat afterwards, and you know, basically, they had lots of questions um, when we were sitting in the restaurant. They probably had more questions than, uh, or as many questions for me as I did for them, because it's like, how did you find us? What made you think, you know, this, that? Because they, you know, they, they weren't into the genealogy stuff. They weren't into the heritage stuff. They're out fixing cars and, you know, building decks and, you know, doing that stuff. And and so they never even would have, you know, would have thought to to um, about the the genealogy and the DNA and all that kind of stuff. And uh, um. So, yeah, so they asked me, well, how did you find us? And that's when I said, well, <laughs> I started going with the family tree. I, communi- I communicated with some second cousins and started finding out, um, you know, okay, so this this was that. And I got to the family that had nine children, and that's when I started working on on that family. Once I got, you know, okay, these guys are all connected through that family. There were nine siblings. So then I started working off each one of those siblings one at a time to get to where, you know, where they were and then look for people on that, uh, you know, in that down chart of the uh, of the family tree. And lo and behold, I'm left with I'm left with the one family uh, or the one son who had two sons of his own. One of them had no children and the other one had the three boys. So, um, yeah, that's, you know, and explaining that to them. And luckily this friend that we, that we knew mutually, he went to the funeral as well. So he was kind of my support system. Um, so, um, yeah, they're, they, you know, and then when we met with them at, at our house, my husband asked him, said, you know, so, what did you think when you got this email or whatever from this lady saying, Hey, you know, I think you're my brothers or whatever. And they said, well, we thought it was a scam. We thought some sort of scammer. Let's just wait and see what, and when she starts asking for money or this or that. And, uh, um, you know, but unfortunately that's the world we live in. And, and I don't know that I would have thought any differently. Now I would, um, if somebody sent me, an email saying, I think I might be your sibling. Um, but that's, you know, so they, they weren't sure. They actually contacted, um, their uncle or our uncle and said, you know, gosh, we got this email from this lady and she's saying all that. And he says, yeah, she sent me a letter 
and she sent me pictures and that stuff. And he said, and um, based on the information that that she's giving me and all that, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure she's your sister. So, and then, um, kind of sad, he said, uh, and I don't know if it would... Don't remember if it was his father, so it would have been my grandparents that he said, you know, you would be the first girl in three generations. And he so wanted a girl. And so that was kind of like, oh, that's sad that he never, you know, never got to find out that there was a girl. So, um, yeah, it's. Yeah, wow. It's kind of, you know, just hearing your story, it's incredible to think about all of these things and everything and just going through and figuring it all out. And you have to be a very good sleuth, I think, in order to do this. Now, have the brothers, uh, have they taken the, the Ancestry or the 23andMe or any autosomal DNA test kit to confirm this just for their sake and for your sake to give them peace of mind or uh, has that happened? They have not. I know in two of the letters that, you know, before we met that I had said, you know, I'll pay for the test. I just need one of you to spit in the tube or whatever. Um, they have not. Um, you know, that would be great if one of them did. But at this point, based on, I mean, I got a picture of a great grandmother that she and I could be twins. And then the fact that my bio father and my grandson could be twins as well. Um, and the way that the brothers and I look alike, um, I'm satisfied, you know, sure. Yeah. I'm satisfied that, that these are in fact my half brothers, um, just going through the, you know, through the, uh, information that, um, the uncle was able to provide that. Yes. You know, he worked at the airline at the same time. Um, yeah that uh, he was, in fact, there um, at the same time that, that my mother was, that my father was. So, um, yeah, those would be questions. Again, those would be questions I would ask my mother. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't have that opportunity, although I have I, – I did hear on one of your uh, um, other podcasts that you asked if they if – they, talk to somebody at the cemetery. I do. <laughs> I go. So we put up a bench at the cemetery where my parents are. And I go and I put the the uh, ferns in for summer and then the Christmas stuff for Christmas. And I sat on that bench and just, Mom, what did you do to me? And, you know, I, I just kind of like, you know, I, I wish you could explain to me what, you know, what we were thinking, keeping this from me, um, you know. But I, I don't have the answers, and I won't get the answers. So When it comes to these brothers that you discovered, what is their reaction now? Like, do they look at their father differently? I know that he's passed, but does that change how they think of him, do you think, or what they say about him? Uh, have they ever shared anything like that with you? They haven't. They have. Well, they kind of they kind of laughed. They joked at first. Um, that you know, oh yeah, it was the it was the sixties, and and uh, remember back in those days, people talked about that you know they had key parties and that kind of stuff, and 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 um, so it was just kind of like that. But their at that time, their father was engaged but not married, 
my mother was the one who was married at the time. So, um, so I'm the oldest of all of them. Um, and so, you know, and, and I don't think, and, and, and it's probably, unfortunately, you still think differently, um, of men that wander than you do of women that wander. So, um, that that's just the way the world is. Earlier, I asked you, uh, what would you ask your mother or father that raised you? But uh, if you had some questions, what would the questions be for your uh, biological father now? Like, uh, I'm sure they might be questions of wanting to learn more about him or something like that. But what are some of those questions you might ask him if uh, he was sitting at the table across from you? Um, well, I think I would ask if he knew that I existed, um, I, you know, because I'm not sure. Because you wonder, things- like, were there correspondences? Did she write him and say, hey, I think you might be the father, like, but let's never talk about this again. So so you do wonder if maybe there was, like, a phone call or a letter or something like that. Right. And when you look at this stuff in retrospect, you know, I go back to it and I look at, okay, so all three of them were working at the same location, which was the Minneapolis airport for the same, uh, same airline. I was six months old when my father took a different position in Watertown, South Dakota. And, um, so we moved out to water. It wasn't a raise in pay or anything like that. So we moved out to Watertown, South Dakota, and we moved back to Minneapolis when my brother was born a year and a half later well come to find out during that time my bio father left the airline moved to uh the town that his uh his wife was from and went to work for his father-in-law so i look at that now and think okay they moved away to keep keep me away from him, keep people from recognizing that maybe I looked like him, to keep him from seeing me. Um, and then as soon as he was gone, they moved back. You know, there is just kind of like, was that what it is or was it just coincidence? Yeah, and so, if that's the case, well, then she was keeping tabs on him, you know, like right, wanting to know right. where he was and if it was safe or whatever. Right. And so every time, you know, when, when now that you know this information and you look back on things, you, you, you second guess everything that happened. Well, did that happen because of this or did that happen because of that? You know, um, I was the only redhead in the family and now, you know, they tell me, oh, well, there were some redheaded Norwegians and that kind of stuff. Well, you know, I didn't see any of them, but, um, they, uh, there, there were just, you know, there were a lot of things that, that make me second guess that, uh, that it happened. And I do, the strange thing is as I was investigating this stuff and I pulled up the newspaper article from, um, the plane crash that my bio father was in and, and I downloaded it and printed it out. And I remember that. I remember seeing that picture on, on, you know, it's like a half page picture on, on the Star and Tribune about the plane crash. And, um, I remember it. I would have been 13 years old and I remember it. And I don't know why I would remember something like that. Um, so I, you know, that's another thing is that, is that something that, you know, um, 
why did that why did that stick in my memory that you know geez i've seen this i remember this so yeah i wonder a lot of, i wonder a lot of that stuff if a lot of the stuff is is genetically you know if you have genetic memories sure yeah, there's a lot of unanswered questions here, but you have a lot of answers as well, and you have this new family that you discovered. Uh, so you meet at this graveside. You're there for the funeral of one of your brothers. Uh, do, now we're looking at this a year, two years later. Uh, what's it like now? Are you still in constant communication? Do you um, do things around the holidays together? Uh, what's the relationship like after the initial meeting? Um, there really hasn't hasn't been, um, other than, you know, I had them come over for a barbecue so they could meet my, my kids. Um, and um, after that, it was just kind of like, yeah, we'll have to get together again or whatever, but, uh, you know, we haven't. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know that we will. Um, I mean, we have, we're, we're connected on Facebook, but, um, other than that, there, you know, there really hasn't been, I've, I've communicated a few times with, um, uh, our uncle. Um, but I haven't really with, with the brothers and I don't, you know, I, I don't want to push them. I, you know, uh, I, I never wanted, I never asked them for anything more than health information and, and, uh, you know, pictures and stuff. And they delivered on that. So I'm, I, I don't feel like I have the right to expect anything else out sure. of them. So, yeah. Do you, do you wish there was more or you're just okay with it? Where's that right now? I'm okay with it. Um, you know, um, you know, we didn't, there's such a big difference when with like the half brother that I have that I grew up with, because we have all of those memories and experiences that we had together um, growing up that we can go back on and we're connected with where I don't share that with, um, with these two. So, um, and, and the odd thing is, is it's actually made, um, the half brother that I grew up with, he and I have communicated more since this um, has happened than we did in probably the thirty or forty years prior that we weren't living together. Because we don't we don't live in in uh, I live in Minnesota, he lives in Washington State. Um, I mean, he left for the Navy right after he graduated high school, and and has been out of the area for you know since. So. Um, but it has actually made us closer. So that's, you know, um, that's, that's a benefit to it. But, um, yeah, um, it's, it's a new chapter. I like, I get to, I get to go. I've always felt a connection to Scotland and Ireland. I just, I always wanted to be, you know, I had that red hair and, and, the. Uh, fair skin and all that. And I always wanted to be one of those Irish lasses. <laughs> turns out I'm, I'm more Scottish than Irish, but I'm Scottish, Irish and Swiss is what I brought in from that side of the family. Um, and uh, I finally get to go to Scotland and Ireland and do some investigating and, and check out some sites. And, and uh, um, it, it, that feels like it's supposed to be, you know, 
Well, that's exciting for you to to go on that trip, uh, and you know all of these things to discover your uh, to, to to have this NPE event to handle it the way that you did, um, and to be able to meet the brothers and to get those questions and you know kind of this whole life of questions you might have had like I didn't look like them and now it all makes sense uh, in the fuller picture. So. Well, I'm very grateful that you reached out, that you wanted to share your story because, you know, someone who's going to listen to this also is an NPE. They might just happen upon this at the right time where they just found out this news and they're going to hear your story and hopefully it'll inspire them and help them uh, in their journey and processing everything like that. Uh, I guess what would be some advice, uh, some counsel or whatever you would give to someone who might have just found out that they're an NPE? Oh, um, hang in there. Um, uh, at first it's just, it's just a, a whirlwind, but once, you know, follow it through, um, I guess don't, don't put too high expectations on the people that you're looking to find this information. Uh, in many cases, they have no idea. I mean, I see how, you know, people are, are hurt because bio families aren't very welcoming and all that. Well, it's just as big of a shock to them as it is to you. And, you know, by the time you reach out to them, you've had a little bit of time to, you know, take this in. And, but at the very beginning, there's definitely anger involved and that's not the way to approach other people. And, and, uh, yeah, I, I just, I guess to, to approach it with less expectation, um, on what you're going to get from, from the outcome. And, you know, you definitely will be happier with your outcome. If you have a, you know, if the, if, if the outcome is good and they want to get to know you or whatever, but, um, you know, I, I just, I don't think we're, I don't think we're owed anything other than health history. You know, that's basically, that's basically all, you know, all that I think they owe us is, is, you know, what's our health history. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think one of the things about your story, um, because sometimes in these conversations that I've had and people who have been longtime listeners might recall these, but sometimes the person is like, yeah, they responded right away and we were in instant communication. And then other times yeah. like your story, it took about three months or more to get a response and you waited. And, and so that's something too, like you just have to realize that you might not get your answers right away, but maybe over time you will. And that's what happened for you. So, yeah, exactly. It took them time to process, you know, that's, you know, well, and then, you know, what, the bio families are dealing with is like, okay, here's a stranger who's contacting us saying, Hey, I'm related. Well, you know, that's, that's, that's quite different from finding out from a DNA test that somebody's related to you, you know? So we, we had the science to back us up that say, you know, okay, we're related to these people. These are the people to reach out to They're We're just strangers to them. So, um, yeah, that's that you gotta be gentle with how you approach the stuff. So, yeah, definitely. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation, Bridget. I'm grateful that uh, you listened 
and that you felt called to share your story because I think uh, it'll resonate with many of the listeners of DNA Discovery. So thanks so much for your time today and for our conversation. All right. Thank you. Thank you.